Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, February 17th, 2023. And our top story today, food prices still remain high. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, David Anderson is an economist at Texas A&M University. David, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Hey, glad to be with you. And, and I wish we were these were better times and, and a better topic to talk about, David. But uh, let's talk about the cost of food. And, and, you know, people go to the grocery store and it's just one of the many things that they're paying out of pocket that are exceptionally high. And I want to get your reaction to the, uh, the inflation that many people are feeling around the country, not just in College, college uh, Station but also in Charlotte, but all around the country. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a livestock economist by trade. So my work is all in livestock and meat and dairy. So I, I spend a little more time in that area, but you know, really across all the food we buy, prices are higher and we all go to the grocery store. It's something we all notice very quickly. Uh, and probably the only thing we notice quicker is the gas station, <laughs> quite honestly, because they put the big price up on the sign, but we certainly have higher prices. And, and I think there's several reasons we can consider for that. One is just simply higher costs, whether it's wage rates, fuel costs, the, the cost of getting uh, food from where it's produced to where we consume it. You know, a lot of those costs of production are higher uh, and, and eventually those are passed on to all of us. Uh, I think a more fundamental thing on the agriculture part is we are talking about producing food. And, you know, farmers and ranchers have been subject to the weather since farming and ranching began, you know, at the, the beginning of time, you know. And, and so things like drought leads to, uh, you know, reduced production and higher prices. And, and so we've certainly had drought in the U.S. Uh, in various parts of the country. We've had drought that has contributed to ranchers selling off their herds. Reduce because you just can't afford to uh, uh, keep those animals, and and so that leads to on the beef side a lot more beef produced because folks are selling off their herds, but longer term it means a lot less beef produced, and we're right on the cusp of going to less production. And so, you know, we have these these things like drought, floods, uh, animal diseases that pop up like avian influenza on our chicken and egg production and turkey production that lead to higher prices. Yeah. And, and David, I want to ask you about the, the hidden cost of eggs. And that was a, a piece I think you were, you were heavily quoted in by my, my friend Greg Iacurchi at CNBC. Um, eggs are used not only for cooking eggs, scrambled eggs, but they're used throughout the food process or the food production process. They sure are. And, you know, anybody that does any kind of baking knows you use eggs. And so when we go to the store and buy baked goods or, or processed food items, oftentimes they have eggs in them. And so it's not just the table eggs, it's eggs that go into making so many other food items. And so there's that hidden price inflation that we see or higher costs at the grocery store because the fundamental ingredients are higher priced. 
Yeah, and, and David, I mean, a lot of people when they're going through higher expenses, they like to point the finger at one particular thing. And I know you're an economist, and it's it's always it's never always just one thing. Not even just economics. It's just in general. It's it's generally not just one thing. But is there anything that consumers could possibly do to help other than not eating or not, or eating less, uh, which maybe their doctors might like? But I mean, is there anything that can? Uh, yeah, you and me both, my friend. Are there? Is there anything that a consumer can do to mitigate some of these inflationary pressures that they're feeling when it comes to food? You know, I think some of the things we always do, whether it's coupons or or looking for specials or shifting from between brands. You go to the store, you got house brands, you got the name brands. Uh, oftentimes those are different prices. And, and so there's some things like that we can do. I think obviously one of the things as an economist, you know, that what people do when reacting to higher prices is we buy less. And and so that's part of it is, is thinking through meals, impulse buys, what we do, and, and we buy less. In fact, on eggs, I think it's pretty interesting. The latest uh, uh, CPI data came out uh, just the other day. Uh, eggs hit a new record of $4.82 a dozen. Wow. Uh, that's an average retail price. Again, that report looks backwards. So it was in January. Um, I sort of expected prices to go up for eggs because, you know, earlier than that, December and early January, we actually had wholesale prices that were higher than the retail price. And wholesale represents kind of the spot market, those who have to jump in and buy. Yet really since that time, we've seen some really declining wholesale prices. So I think there are, there is some relief in the future on, on eggs, just as, you know, economically, high prices are a signal. And it's a signal to us consumers that, you know, maybe we're going to buy less or substitute something, but it's also a signal to producers to try to produce more. And in agriculture, you know, it's, it's biology and it takes time. And so we're still in this time to try to respond. And so, uh, you know, that's not much comforting words, but, but it's, it's sort of uh, it's how a, our market system works. Yeah, it's just reality. And, and you're making me think back to my, uh, reading of free to choose. I think I've read that a hundred times. And, and Dr. Friedman talks about the power of the, of the price system. David, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about food prices and what maybe retailers could do. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 
33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Well, David, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm actually getting a little hungry too, but I'm not going to run down to the grocery store because prices are just too darn high. Um, all right. Is there anything, David, in all seriousness, a lot of people struggling out there? And by the way, if you can't buy food or you, if you can't buy the healthy food, that's not good economically or health from a health perspective either. But David, is there anything retailers can do, your, your grocery stores, to help mitigate some of these expenses? Do they have bargaining power uh, from the, over their suppliers? Well, you know, I think that's a really interesting question. Well, how much market power or bargaining power do, say, grocery stores have, <clears throat> excuse me, over their suppliers? And, and they probably do have some. There was this give and take and negotiation in terms of, of contracts and things like that. And, and certainly, you know, grocery stores where we, where we buy food like that certainly have, uh, you know, some ability or at least some negotiating power, you would think, to, to, to negotiate those contracts. Uh, how much is a pretty good question. It's, it's uh, probably a good research question. Uh, 
because we often think about market power or monopoly power, uh, not from the grocery store, but from maybe processors, meat packers, things like that. Uh, but, you know, we have more consolidation in grocery stores too. But if we, you know, if we think about what can they do, you know, they got to price items that get us grocery store shoppers in the store. And so they've got to constantly work on their strategy to, to get us in there. And, and part of that is uh, oftentimes stores use items as loss leaders, right? Uh, where they may take a loss on an item uh, in hopes that you're going to buy everything else in your cart on that one trip to the store. And so certainly oftentimes we'll see milk or eggs or something like that being that item that maybe they hold the line on in terms of prices of hoping to make it up somewhere else. And, and I think that's all part of individual stores, individual chains uh, response to how do we, how do we price stuff to get people, make sure they shop at our store and not our competitor. David, is there anything, we talked about the retailer and the supplier, is there anything the producer, uh, the, the farmers can do? You mentioned some of the, the, um, the, the constraints. You had the avian flu, I think you mentioned, which impacts eggs. Uh, you've got drought, you've got weather, which clearly I, I don't think anyone controls except for mother nature. But is there anything we can do to, maybe not in the short run, but in the long run, what can we do either from a process or from a policy perspective to ensure that we've got enough food in our food supply so that people are not, you know, we're not, we don't have bread lines. Right. And, and, you know, we do work, we're, we're all in a market economy and price really is, is what makes this market work between both producers and consumers. And, and so prices, and you know, if we think about prices for basic commodities, they have to be profitable to, for farmers and ranchers, or they're going to produce less. The high prices that we're seeing for uh, feed supplies and, and, and eggs certainly are a market signal to expand production. Uh, and, but the difficult thing is that takes time, and we don't see it right away. Uh, you know, I, I have tended to think that one reason we see some higher retail prices for food items is that uh, while wholesale prices for a variety of meats, for instance, have, have certainly come down and been much lower than they were a year ago or two years ago, um, part of that's related to us as consumers. We continue to buy. Uh, and, and so that's really a signal to stores that our consumers are coming in anyway. You know, how much of cost do we pass on? Can we pass on? But also the, the, there are higher costs of just getting that on the store shelves, getting it to the restaurant. And those costs are part of those higher retail prices. Yeah, it certainly makes it difficult. I, I think about, so I think always think about the consumer, but I always think about the managers that, at these companies you know, the, the, first of all, the, the profitability is not what everyone thinks it is. I mean, there's not, there are not huge profit margins, but the decisions that have to make, be made, and some of these costs are not fixed. You mentioned gasoline. You mentioned uh, the cost to raise beef, the, the cost to fertilize. These things are not fixed. That, that creates a big challenge for these, manufa these manufacturers and these, these companies. Yeah, it sure does that some of these these costs are, are bouncing around all the time uh, and how you manage that, you know, have I contracted something at the right level? Have I, you know, what, a, what kind of, you know, 
on in a meat case, you know, they certainly might be doing some contracted items and, and prices that are locked in, but some may be what's the what's the good deal I can get. But also thinking ahead to a holiday that if we had a holiday coming up, that manager's got they got to think about okay, how many how many ribeyes do I need? What what do I think I'm going to be able to sell? And sometimes there's they may you know, they may get a good deal on an item, uh, and they can pass on those as special features and, and special items where us consumers can kind of be choosy and get search for the thing that's got the best deal on it. Yeah, well, right now, I think all of us are in the same boat, both the manufacturers, the retailers, and also the consumers. I think we're just going to have to wait it out as things hopefully improve during the rest of the year. David, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Hey, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, David. Great to see you. And thanks for sharing your perspective. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, then drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news in lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Weekly. We'll have a special edition of Secure Saturday and then take a look back at some of our best segments for the week. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.